What's up, baby? Do you still do that podcast thing? Now let me tell a little story about all these deadbeat fathers. Just tell the truth, you live in proof, so why do you bother? Man, all you had in your mind was just some sex and affection. Should have thought a few more seconds about the effects of erection. Just picture your kids with no dad and being alone in the park. Do you know how it feels to be alone in the dark? You wasn't there to teach them how to play basketball. You damn sure wasn't taking them to the beach in the mall. You didn't stick around on their first days to see their birth. You don't even know their birthdays for what it's worth. Your baby mother find another man. Now you start to trip, claiming you don't want them. But look how upset you get. I guess you want what you had, cause you know you can't have it. Raising kids without a dad is a bad habit. So she down on her knees every day and night. Don't worry about the things that daddy gon' raise them right. It takes a hell of a man to raise a child that isn't his. It takes a hell of a man to raise somebody else's kids. It's gon' come a time in life when you gon' realize. Don't be surprised when your child got stepdaddy's eyes. Now stepdaddy's in the picture and everything is fine. Just a bit of statistic, nigga, about to lose your mind. He treats them all like if they were his sons and daughters. Everywhere they go, he's recognized as their father. If they passed you on the streets, they wouldn't even know you. Learn how to read and speak and they can't even show you. I know it hurts, but you gon' really have to move on. How the hell you thought it felt when they found out that you was gone? You changed so many lives with just yourself, fish decisions. Wanna look into their eyes and tell them that you miss them You the type of nigga that make all men look bad Cause you got a new pair of shoes, your son ain't got a book bag You telling people you gon' change, but when will this be? When a man can raise a kid that isn't his, that's real to me And I feel like he was put in that position for a reason But it's too late, you see his face every time you see him It takes a hell of a man to raise a child that isn't his it takes a hell of a man to raise somebody else's kids. It's gonna come a time in life when you gon' realize. Don't be surprised when your child got stepdaddy's eyes. I wonder how these daddies feel, leaving the kids all alone. I wonder how the kids feel when daddy ain't coming home. I wonder how the mothers feel when she sees what's going on. I wonder how stepdaddy feels when he gotta fix a broken home. It's starting to look like stepdaddy each and every day. Because they're starting to be like him in each and every way When you look into their eyes, you can see his eyes And every time you see him smile, you can see his smile He came into a broken home and brought everyone together It's like there was a storm and it simply just changed the weather It's amazing how a father figure can change your life Make up your mind, take your time, and just raise the price It's more to being a daddy, nigga, than just having sex it ain't very hard to figure what's gonna happen next It's time to take responsibility for your actions It's time to face reality and receive some satisfaction It takes a hell of a man to raise a child that isn't his It takes a hell of a man to raise somebody else's kids It's gonna come a time in life when you gon' realize Don't be surprised when your child got stepdaddy's eyes Acknowledge me. with Trevor the podcast where no topic is off limits I ain't trying to fuss but it's a must you gonna respect this 
Plus your nuts will touch the dust, you tryna check this You ain't insane, I write your name down on my checklist You think I'm playing, I leave you land, I leave you breathless As human beings, instead of being so many tribes You ain't seen what I have seen in my society Hey, I'm just a man with a microphone What the fuck do I know? You can acknowledge me Straight Talk Sessions Live. What's up, Straight Talk Society? This is your host, Trevor, and I am back with another episode. Well, no, nope, a little different. We're back with the first episode of the Straight Talk Therapy Sessions with Dr. Mia. And I know we're coming to you live on a Friday night. Um, everybody's out partying. Everybody has things to do. But um, I'm pretty sure you're going to enjoy tonight. And going forward, every time we do this, this will be appointment watching. And we don't have long, you know, you, I'm, I'm used to doing like two and a half hour shows, but we don't have a good doctor for too long tonight. So we're going to get right in. And I introduce the YouTube audience, the Straight Talk Society, to my longtime friend. She is a real licensed and professional therapist. I'm not just bringing you some bum on YouTube saying that they got all these credentials and they really don't. I'm bringing you the legit and the real thing. So I introduce the Straight Talk Society to my friend, Dr. Mia. What's going on? Hello, hello, Trevor. How, How are, are you? you? I'm good. Thank I'm you for good. having me. You see I'm my good. eyes. I'm trying to make sure it stay open. I'm not sleepy, people. It's just, you know, usually by nine o'clock, I am in bed. Yeah, come on, man. You like 20 years ago, we would have been 20 years ago, we would have been partying all night, Friday night. Friday night, you couldn't wait to come home and make plans to be at Iguana's. <laughs> till about one two three o'clock in the morning and you got there at six right after work <laughs> so real quick um this is sort of like the introductory show so let the audience know who dr mia is because i've been bra they, they see you on the straight talk sessions they see you on pour your heart out i've been bragging about this dr mia so now dr mia has her own spotlight now so let the audience know who dr mia is extra person out of the way um so Thank you so much, Trevor, for allowing me the opportunity to come and have these very intentional conversations and very important conversations, um, what is happening and what is ailing the Black community. My name is Dr. Manushka St. Hill. I go by Dr. Mia. I always say affectionately Dr. Mia because it's just, you know, a quicker, it's, it's easier off the tongue. And I have been a marriage and family therapist since 2011, which I graduated from St. Thomas University and have just continued to do my work and recently finished my doctorates from Walden. So we are definitely on this path forward. I do have my own practice in Hollandale Beach, Florida, where I see families. Um, so it's very important to find people that look like us and you know, therapy wasn't what it used to be. Um, hopefully it's changing. And I know post COVID, it has definitely changed and people are more open and receptive to what therapy looks like because it's kind of like therapy my way, you know, with better help and all of the other options that are out there that are that's available. And so I always tell people, you just find what works for you. Make sure you find somebody that's a good fit. You know, it's like shopping around for a car or shopping around for anything. Like you are going to essentially um, go to this person and pour your heart out, plug. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so it's very important that you're comfortable. It's very important that you feel connected. There's something that's called you know, joining. And so if it doesn't feel right and it's not the right fit, it's okay. It's okay to say, you know what, this is not the right fit to me for me. I think I'm going to find somebody else. Oftentimes people get stuck and they feel like they're obligated to see the therapist or they're obligated to go back. If it's not a good fit, you don't have to go back. Find a therapist that's a good fit for you. That's going to give you um, the services that are beneficial to you and kind of walk this journey with you called life. 
So I'm I'm happy to be here. I'm a mother, veteran. Um, I think I've done a lot of things, uh, but I don't want to talk about that. I just want to get to it. <laughs> so, um, like I said, this will be a this this won't be one of the usual long shows. Um, this will be more so like an introductory show. Um, we do have we do have another guest on the show, but before before we get into it, I just want to say that normally I drop the link so people could come on, but we're not going to do that for this show because I want I want these two to have a conversation um, uninterrupted. So you can feel free to still drop your messages in the chat. If I, I mean, I will see them, obviously. Um, I'll read them. I'll ask them to them. But for this particular show, this first one, we're not going to allow anyone to come on the panel just because I need them. I need them to be able to have this conversation uninterrupted. So that's how it is. So before I bring the guests on, I want to I want to read something to you. Um, so I was sent this message. I would like I would Your like messages. <laughs> yeah, I would I would I was sent a message. That's what even started this. Um I would like you and Dr. Mia to do a show on the family dynamic. I think a lot of black folks don't recognize their parents couldn't give you what they didn't get. And once you realize that, then we'll stop crucifying them for what they didn't give you. So I sent that message to Doc and then she, you know, she was like, oh, shit, let's do it. You know what I mean? So that didn't come from me. So we're not alone. I'm going to bring up the next um, panel guest, welcoming him to the Straight Talk Society. I've known him his whole entire life. So, <laughs> and and again, like I mentioned, he he does hold one of the top five positions in my most listened to podcast um, ever. That's Straight Talk with Trevor. Um, you can go catch that on any podcast streaming platform. So I introduce to the Straight Talk Society my cousin Kevin and and they're just gonna let it ride. Hey what's going on, Kevin? Hey, how are you? <laughs> well, what what the hell is up with that avatar, first of all? <sighs> I'm an incredible fan. You're incredible. Okay. I've ne I never watched it. I've even even with a little child in the house, I've never watched one of them. Ah, oh my goodness. Are you nah you gotta watch the Incredibles. All right. So both of y'all know me. I got zero. I there is no structure. We just gonna we just gonna go. Um, and I'll interject. I'll interject every now and then if I if I think I I want to um, throw something in or you know if there's a question in the chat. But it really struck me though that you would send that message, um, asking about you know basically releasing our parents for not allowing them. Um, we we've been holding them hostage for too long. Um, they haven't, they, they weren't equipped with everything that we're equipped with. So it's like, I know more now as a parent than I think my parents knew just because as the generations go on, we learn more and we do run the risk of holding our parents hostage. Like, Oh, you didn't give me this. You weren't there for me. You didn't do this for me. So mm -hmm. we just, um, I'm gonna just step back and I'm gonna let you guys go. I just y'all have mm -hmm. that. However, wherever the spirit leads you. Yeah. No. Um. That's actually the that was the point of my message, and I'm actually surprised you said that the entire message. Um. But yeah, that was the point. Is I recognize that myself and a lot of other individuals. Um. You say hostage. I would argue crucify. We we hold our parents we've been having them on this on the cross trying to crucify them for not giving us what we feel we deserve and should have received as kids but i don't think we've made an awareness that they can't give you what they've never gotten and the moment we step back and recognize and kind of process and understand that, it can kind of put you in a different space. Right, right. No, it's it's definitely a very important conversation to have. I think the very first thing that I always ask everyone, I need you to find what your story was about. 
the story about how you were conceived. And so a lot of people don't know their 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 conception story, right? <laughs> what was what were your parents doing and how did you come into this world? Because it speaks to a lot of different variables that impact how you experience life. Because you know, I I I talk about how I'm I'm I I've I've gotten past it and it's a hard thing to process that I was not a product of a loving relationship. So my parents didn't really, you know, it's kind of like the culture, Haitian culture, it's coming of age, it's time to get married. And it's like, uh, uh, all right, I guess we'll do this. And, you know, like, you, you know, take the mom down to the man's family and now you're part of this family unit. So I don't know that my I was conceived in love, you know, so I'm, you know, so it's very important that, you know, your conception story, sit down, have that conversation with your parent, because that'll give you at least a glimpse into what was happening and why things unfolded the way that they did. Does any of you know your conception story? Mine was conceived in a bunch of lust. I bet you I'm willing to bet everything on it. <laughs> Mine's was I was not planned for it. I was a surprise baby. Right. Right. So a lot of the work that goes around those surprise baby is just trying to make do, trying to compensate, overcompensating in different areas, not really sure which direction you want to go in. Um, not really sure if you wanted the baby. Like if the parent, if the mother had a significant amount of stress during the first trimester, second trimester, because the entire time the father's like, so you're going to keep the baby? So you're going to keep the baby? And they are consumed with the fact that they don't want the baby. And here the mother is fighting to keep that baby. That child has already started to experience stress in in the belly. They've already started to experience, experience that because whatever happens to the mom happens to the child. So if you weren't bought in through an environment of love, think about that. Think about your childhood. Go back. And if you don't know your conception story, that's your first assignment because I always give homework. Everybody always has homework when they come into my, my sessions because they're like, I don't want to do no homework. Well, you, when, I'm not the right therapist then. <laughs> so let me let me ask you a question, Kevin, Kevin, before you jump in there. So you you mentioned knowing the conception story, and I've never heard that before that anyone would would seek out to know that because a lot of times you're going to hear things that you don't want to hear because a lot of us hey what's up wayne uh piece of wayne piece of michael and you guys just watching in the clouds just please make sure and hit that like button a lot of us um were born like i said and out of lust and you know a lot of us were just backseat things prom night babies are you know they never had any intention to marry or and things like that but um that's hurtful though you don't you don't want to hear that because we make up in our heads like oh man our parents loved us and you know but truth be told a lot of times they didn't even they didn't think that they were going to see each other again you want to go kevin before i go right <laughs> but i think that is part of the healing process is understanding the truth and recognizing that in that truth is where you begin to have understanding for the shortcomings of your parents. Because like you said, if someone, if the intention was, it was just a jump off and there was no intention of seeing you again, well then can you then, you then have a better understanding as to why your daddy ain't around. Cause right. he never envisioned having you in the first place. So yes, it's painful. Yes, it's hurtful. But in that learning and understanding of that story is where you begin to gain clarity and have truth to your existence. Okay, therapist Kevin, let me go. Okay, let me see where you, where you went to school at. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I don't think I could have given a better answer. That is absolutely true. It is the beginning of your healing journey because, you know, the truth hurts. There's no question about it. And most of the time, the reason why people don't don't want to go to therapy is because they don't they don't want the truth. People like living lies. Believe me, it's real comfortable. 
inconvenient to live in your life, but sometimes it informs because it is very important for us to know the why. The why is always more, it provides more clarity. So like Kevin said, if it was, there was never an intention to be in a relationship. So now we're not going to have this extreme hate and disgust towards our father that's never around because now we know the truth and you know it's hard for mom to admit that and it's hard for dad to admit it but we grown now so we need to sit down and have a conversation what was this truly about because it took my mom until i was like 40 years old to really tell me about my conception story and she was partly ashamed i know she was ashamed because you know like you said we all have this facade of what our our lives our parents lives were before we came into the picture but it was liberating because now i understood the context of which my father operated because a lot of things that he did he didn't have to do he wasn't he wasn't ready so he only gave from the cup of which he had it was very limited because his father was definitely not present was i mean he was present as it relates to the um making sure his family is taken care of but in the haitian culture that love that affection that you know telling you i love you that mm -hmm. doesn't exist that does not exist so how in the world would i expect my father to be able to just give all of that and i understood it better now don't get me wrong when you're a child it, it doesn't compute but like heaven said you stop sacrificing them you accept them as they are and realizing they did the best that they could with what they had. So real, real quick, I I, I did not want to have to get in this conversation, but I see I'm going to have to. Um, <laughs> so what Kevin was telling me um, a lot that he was thinking, too, is that something that I said with Nene, we were doing a show called Parenting in the Black Community. And, and we brought up the movie Fences. For whatever reason, we brought up the movie where Denzel was saying how my only thing I had to do was put clothes on your back and blah, blah, blah. And for whatever reason, I may have brought up that my grandfather, our grandfather died um, when my dad was eight. So Kevin's dad would have been six. Um, and my dad was forced to be the man of the house. So now the eight-year-old son now has to take care of his little brother and work to help his mom. Um, he only had his dad in the house for eight years. So was that enough time for him to learn um, how to be a dad? And then on top of that, now, 13 years later, because he had me at 21, now he's going to bring his first child in, 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 into the world. And what skills does he really have to pass on to me. Well, I mean, definitely it's it's a difficult conversation when you lose a parent at an early age because there is a deficit there. And really the only thing that can fulfill it is time because, you know, or if the parent remarries and um, replace that father, because I am a huge advocate of not making young boys fathers but you know that was back then and so it was a different time but even when i work with parents now and you know i loathe when women say that you are the man of the house and you know no he is yeah. not the man of the house he is a child and that child needs an opportunity to be a child so that we don't have man children because whatever it is the cycle of life repeats itself if you don't graduate in a stage it repeats itself and so until you've mastered that stage that's why you see the old heads in the club still trying to get it down because they might have never gotten an opportunity to do in the club now you do have some wild ones that are going to just continue to be there until the day they die but it's about the cycle of life if you don't get to experience your childhood i call it the michael jackson syndrome you revisit it and you you're in this negative feedback loop where it's play rewind play rewind where you're trying to relive something that was lost it was taken from you so i am very very clear about not making children adultification is what we call it do not adultify children do not force them to grow up do not tell them, oh, you need you need to you need to grow up because, you know, you you're you're not acting. You're not acting like you got. No, um, excuse me. 
This child has been on this planet for how many years with how many years of experiences and you want them to do what, when? Now there's a process of growth and maturity and guidance, no question about it. But we definitely put a lot, especially on black children. The adultification of black children is real, forced to grow up really fast. Go ahead, Kevin. Kevin, you're being no, hard. You're I know. I was just sitting here thinking and chuckling at the point of it's important to know our origin story because you, the story you just talked about about our grandfather is a kind of different story than what I've heard. Oh, what have you heard? I've heard what I the story as it was told to me is that he was married. Wait a minute, who was married? Our grandfather. Oh shit, we're about to break news. <laughs> we're about to break news on the Straight Talk Society because so you mean to tell me while he was fathering our dads? Right. That had an outsider. Oh we man. are the outside family. Because, oh, because what I understood occurred is that he basically got killed and um the there was other siblings and wife and when he was a business owner and when he died they basically just didn't give a shit about what happened to the other two kids yeah my dad my dad told me that his my dad said his girlfriend poisoned him which probably could have been his wife now hearing this story Right. So, oh, so you shit. see how it's important to have the awareness of the origin story because from both of our dads, there is a different perspective on who their father is. Right. Right. That's and that's a good comment by Michael. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That papa was a rolling star. Stone was strictly by the island fathers. Right. Um, but yeah, but that that's what to say. I was sitting here like, how interesting of that point is here we are, we have two different narratives about our grandfathers and wow. Yeah, so I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you something real quick. We're doing, we're doing real good on time. But um, so um, there was a time in the, in the late nineties, like the, my grandfather would come back and bother my dad all the time just because uh, and i know some people don't believe in that stuff but i absolutely mm -hmm. believe in that stuff um because my dad you know how my dad is let's mm -hmm. just put it like father like son obviously both so, of them <laughs> so um the um the my grandfather would come back and bother my dad and he'd tell him he'd be like listen i don't want you to go out the way that i did so if i'm he said and before a woman takes you out i'm gonna do it Wow. And it's, it's crazy as I'm saying it because now I'm, I'm listening to my dad tell me this story now. And he was saying how my grandfather was was so proud of me saying that he sees that I'm going to be the one to break the cycle of like the curse in the family, like being I'm going to be the family man. Whereas <clears throat> whereas they failed, I'm going to be the one to break it. And it's just so funny to hear you say this now, because all my life I was just I just thought that he died at eight. And my dad had to take over. But right. now we were the side kids. <laughs> <laughs> right. We, we were the side kids. Right. Oh, my goodness. So, you know, in the church, they call it generational curses, but we call it intergenerational trauma. Um, because if you don't know what the story is and the origin of the story, it repeats itself. <laughs> and that's, that's the intent of telling our secrets. And I always say secrets tell on themselves because you would literally be a carbon copy of something or somebody that you never knew, didn't know the whole story. And now you are living their life. Had you known and at least be given the opportunity to make a different choice, because let's be honest, DNA is real. It runs through your blood, that connection of who you are, what's hereditary versus not. It is real. You are a slice of two people. And so therefore, the possibilities of duplicating behavior definitely increase. And so if you can know it, work on it to avoid it you're you're going to you're going to do better than the generation before because that's the intent you're supposed to do better than the generation before but if we walking around keeping these secrets and telling these lies 
we'll never know what we're supposed to be avoiding, what we're not supposed to have. So for instance, if you have somebody that has a parent that's an alcoholic, it's very important to talk to your child about that. Let them know. It seems to be one big secret because to be honest with you, if that father was drinking and was a heavy drinker while you were conceived, like you have a taste for it in your DNA, you should stay away from alcohol. So now the difference between me going out to drink and Trevor going out to drink and you have this underlining, you're not gonna be able to put it down because it's a familiar smell. There's something within you that prompts and peak up because your father lives in you. So it's very important for our parents to tell the truth. Like your daddy was an alcoholic. You need to stay away from alcohol. You should never let it touch your lips. Now you're probably try still try it, but at least you'll have that warning. Not to just be like, oh my God, why I can't put this down? Why am I alcoholic? You just start blaming yourself and you just think that there's no hope for you. We I gotta see, have real conversations. I see you guys are starting to roll in now. Please hit that like button when you come into the building. I know it's an odd time for me on a Friday night, but hey, we gotta get it in. So please hit that like button. Um, so what I want to what I want to do is so how to because there is there's another question I want to ask you, um, because you broke it down so well, and I and I think everybody needs to hear this, but so how do we go forward because i'm guilty i and i always say on this show you get transparency from me because on my channel i could just be transparent other places i was they'd use it against me as a you know they use it against me so um so i say with me it took me a while it took me a while to forgive my mom so here here we are i'm 43 um i hadn't seen my mom the last time i saw my mom was at our grandmother's funeral and then that was in 1989 so i was nine years old then hadn't seen my mom she was in jamaica i lived here um and i hadn't seen any hadn't seen her hadn't heard from her don't does don't know if she was trying to find me or if she was making the effort to, to to see me or anything like that, obviously she wasn't because she hadn't seen me since I was nine years old. And the way the story goes, she dropped me off on my grandmother's um front doorstep <coughs> and just, you know, and so here I am in my twenties. I decided to ask my dad one day, I was like, I was like, Hey, listen, how come I said, what happened? Like, what's the story? I'm like, you're raising me, which is fine, because I think if I was raised by a woman, it wouldn't have turned out good. Um, I'm like, my dad raised me, and I and I think I turned out really good. And I asked him, what's up? And my dad does not know how to be soft at all. Like, my dad couldn't have a, a, a an emotional bone in his body when it comes to just breaking news softly. So he was like... Um, your mom already had too many too many children she just couldn't take care of you so she just dropped you off at your grandma i'm like oh shit like that's the way he put it to me and i resented her like as if i already didn't hate her enough i hated her more um so last time i had i saw her was 19 1989 i didn't see my mom i didn't i was nine i didn't see my birth mom until i was 25 years old and the only way I saw my mom is because my brother moved to the States and he got married and some people that used to take care of him lived in Florida. And he was like, damn, I got a brother that lives in Florida and they just start combing through the phone book and they called me one night randomly and I was home on a Friday night and picked up and I was like, oh shit. And then, so now the connection started. So I called my sisters that I hadn't seen. Um, and the last person I talked to was my mom and I'm like, damn, I'm a, and and what was in my mind? I was like, you know what? I'm about to let her ass have it. I said because she abandoned me. I said it's because of her I treat women the way I do. I, yeah, and I, like I'm I'm projecting all this shit now, Kevin. I know this is your show. This is supposed to be your show, man. But it'd be like this sometime. Um, <laughs> so I'm projecting all this shit on her now. And when I and when she picked up the phone. I'm like, all right, here's my time. Here's my moment. I'm going to let her have it. I'm going to let her have it. And I couldn't. I just was like, you know what? 
is 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 water under the bridge now. There's nothing I could do. What like what what could I what could I say to her that's probably gonna make her feel like more shit than she probably obviously already feels like having a whole ass son and not you know what I mean? Like she has a whole ass son and and I'm okay. I didn't you know I turned out decent at the time and you know it was all good and it it was just it, it was crazy man. But I carried a lot of I carried a lot of hatred for her and I blamed, I blamed a lot of, I blamed a lot of, um, ways that I treated women. Like Kevin knows, like back in the day, like I, I was not the easiest dude to be with, you know what I mean? So I, and I blame a lot of that on her because I always say, okay, my dad taught me everything else, but there was no soft, there was no balance. Like I, I never had the soft side to teach me like, oh, you treat women this way, you do this, you do that. So yeah, I, I I I harbored a lot of um resentment to her. I mean, now is you know now is all good, but at the time, I'm like, man, you let you let so many years pass, and you don't. You I have know, a question for you. Go ahead. Have you ever asked her that actual question? No, never. Why not? Don't want to hear the answer. Are you afraid of the answer? That Don't want to hear the answer. But it's but you but but I would su suggest that the eight nine year old you mm -hmm. needs to hear the answer. Right, and and it's not about it's not about what she says. It's about you being able to heal past it because, right. like Kevin says that child inside of you and i often say that your child is always showing up the children that is within us that was hurt the children that was that is in us that was broken the children that was within that's within us that experienced those trauma rears his or her head and it happens in different scenarios you're thinking that it's rearing its head and it's isolated to my mom but it shows up in different areas of your life and that if you don't ever close the door on this particular instance or this particular experience then it becomes it just starts duplicating yourself you don't even realize that it's showing up in different areas of your life so even if it's in a letter i always say like the safest place to do it is if you're not comfortable with talking on the phone write a letter at least get it out and then at some point you either mail it or you hand it to them so that you can kind of just reconcile all of your thoughts and you know exactly what you want to say and you might so that you can just get it out but i think you should revisit it when you're Hold ready I'm, I'm a caller on air right now <laughs> oh, Lord, Jesus. we're gonna go to 10 o'clock because you know you know behind this microphone i'm i'm a different person so i'll be able to have that conversation <laughs> because i'll be mr Wait. straight talk <laughs> I, I, I did not prepare to have a jerry springer moment oh no <laughs> i'm gonna call her on the air <laughs> Wait. no you gonna, not. she gonna tell you she gonna pour her heart out and you're gonna oh, be like shit. oh my god no, i wasn't ready for that nah, yeah. it's weird though. and you know what it is too i don't i don't want to embarrass her like well, yeah because you ask, so you ask these questions, and it's well, like, you, you're let me give an example. It's embarrassing. It's, I think it might be a relief. I think, right. I think it will. I think it's going to be embarrassing because even the awkward moment, even so, okay. So let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. God damn, I'm not supposed to be on the hot seat, I'm the host here. Let me give you no, what I'm saying you is, let me, everybody yeah. got to get their time in. Let me give you an example of why I'm saying you should still ask that question. So, I've had you know, my dad, my mother separated, and I had similar thoughts of, oh my goodness, for me, the thought was I was the cause of their separation. Become an adult start the healing journey, sit down, have the conversation with my father, sit down, have the conversation with my mother, um, to then realize, wait a minute, I was not the problem. The problem in the demise of their relationship was they were two adults who couldn't, actually my mother was the problem, but that's for another <laughs> story. Um, but the issue was with them as an adult but as the kid i internalized that 
I was the problem. And for a long time, I kind of kept crucifying my father for that because they he left, they separated, and my comfortable mom and dad living existence got separated, got broken up. And for a long time, I crucified my father for that. But here, this goes back to the point I made earlier. Once you start to understand, as Dr. Mia says, the origin story, and you then recognize that, hey, those issues had nothing to do with you. It allowed me to start to, and then even becoming an, uh, getting an understanding of my dad and learning that, oh, he was a kid when his father passed away. So if I'm expecting him to do all of these things and affirm you and do the hugging and the kissing on the forehead and all of that, well, he's never gotten that for himself. So how can he give that to me? And you really only heard one side of the story. Well, no, in my case, I No, no, I mean, Trevor. Uh, Trevor him, only yeah. knows. The yeah, side you of only this from your dad's perspective. Your hey, one, one, sec one second, y'all. Somebody, somebody's ringing my doorbell and I'm babysitting two little girls. So let me. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's fine. Go ahead. It's your, hold on. Let me, hold on. Yeah, let me go mute, ahead. Let me, go ahead. Let me mute. Yeah, no, I think it's very important that people just have the conversation. People are so afraid of talking. Um, and it's because they don't want to want to hear the real answers, but you cannot be afraid of talking. I mean, because that's just basically what we do as human beings. And talk therapy is the oldest form of therapy. You're like, how am I going to set it up? And how should I talk to them? Just sit down and have the conversation. You don't have to make it complicated. Ask those hard questions. And like I said, even if you're not sure and you cannot do it face to face, Write it in the letter, plan for an opportunity for you guys to go out and sit down and at least have your thoughts written down so that you're not scattered and, you know, emotional or crying and you don't really get everything that you want out. Have it all written down so that you can really get to the point of your pain. Because in therapy, we do a whole assessment. Like I ask from birth, you know, from the conception story all the way through modern day. And so, I mean, present day. And most people don't understand, like, what does my childhood have to do with? Let me tell you, your childhood has everything to do with everything that you are experiencing as, a, um, as an adult. And most people are just very dismissive of that notion, but it is actual and factual. Whatever you experience in your childhood, one thousand percent has an impact on what you are going to be as an adult how you experience life as as an adult how you move through life as an adult that's why i do not play any games i tell parents you protect those years zero to 18 you protect those years and make sure that your child has a childhood because they have 18 to 99 to adult that's a long behind time. They have all of this time. And so you make sure you protect their childhood. Whatever you have to do, whatever you have to do, protect their childhood. Because you can't the, get it back. The only point I think would to I would say say have you elaborate on is us being clear that when you go to engage in that conversation, don't go in it with the intent of Blame. blaming and or trying to get a I'm sorry <laughs> right get the I'm sorry so what's the point you're never going to get that well, the point is to get the truth yeah it's just to get the truth because re remember forgiveness is not for them it's for you it's for you have to let it go because you're the one harboring it you're the one imagine that being a book bag on your back for the past couple of years, it has formed a, it, it is like one with your flesh. It has just become who you are and it's weighing you down. So that conversation has nothing to do with them. It has everything to do with you because it's you that it's weighing on. It's you that it's impacting. It's you that you, those silent nights where you're sitting there that you're still thinking about this thing. Mm -hmm. It is occupying space in your head it is occupying space in your heart and remember oh they, go ahead, also, oh they also are doing the same thing 
with their parents. Right, it's a vicious cycle. It's a vicious cycle that they are dealing with. They've never gotten, they've been abandoned, they've been rejected. My One of my mother's trauma I've recognized is her father was physically present, but not there. He abandoned, he, he abandoned her. And therefore the way she interacted and raised her children, that showed up in that. Right. Right. Um, because let me let me say this. Let me say this real quick. Um, and and Kevin and Mike, um, y'all be y'all be able to tell my Kevin. Kevin is up here. Mike and Cliff, y'all y'all doing some good stuff in the chat. But y'all will be able to come on the next one. This one we just wanted to just rock out with 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 these three. But um, let me say this. At <clears throat> at my wedding, like my mom was at my wedding, and mm-hmm. you know my mom was at the wedding, and she was like yeah my son's getting married you know what i'm saying and she was all happy go lucky like damn yeah my son you know one of my sons is getting married and i'm proud of him you know and blah 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 blah. and as i'm sitting there looking at her i'm i'm in my mind like who is this woman (laughs) no i'm in my mind like somebody's missing i was like this should be my stepmom here right now like that's that's what I was thinking. And and like I'm getting I'm getting married, man. And I'm like, well, the person who played the biggest role of my life is on one side. Hey, what's up, Shaka? The person who played the one of the biggest roles in my life and my dad is on one side, but the other person standing next to me wasn't there. The person who needs to be there is laying in the grave. And I, I realize the more that I go on that I got a lot of like I I yeah, I've, I've dealt with a lot of shit but there's a lot of shit like inside of me that just um that comes up unpack. that comes up during certain times where I, I just cuz I I I I never I always say I'm like man my dad is here my dad has to be here like if my dad's not here then there's no wedding type stuff is that serious unless he's you know not on the earth but but it's like um my mom is standing next to me me and my mom are doing the mother son dance and everything and we're taking the beautiful pictures and everything and i'm just sitting there like damn somebody's missing i'm like how come my stepmom like how come cancer had to take her why couldn't she be here right now to see all of this It's, it's, it's it's crazy man i Damn, Mia, this is supposed to be your shit, man. What's going on? <laughs> you know, there is a huge, there is a huge misconception that the therapist does all of the talking. Mm-hmm. It is not factual. When you are in the therapeutic experience, the client actually does all the talk talking. It's a guided conversation, and how the questions come and formulate leads you from one place to another. So this is the part where people are like, I don't want to be with no therapist. They play with your mind. It's something called open-ended question and circular questions that allow you to go deeper because we're used to closed-ended questions in our day-to-day conversation. So the open-ended questions and the circular questions actually allow you to dig deep within and find the answers to certain questions. And then those questions bring out more questions. So in therapy, the therapist does not do most of the talking. And if you do have a therapist that does most of the talking, get another one. Right. (laughs) Get another one. Get out. (laughs) So, you know, Trevor, this is working exactly how I intended it to work. Yeah, but I'm so I'm supposed to be the one just sitting back relaxing. You even see I put on a, a button down shirt for the occasion. <laughs> <laughs> Normally have one. Uh, I have on a t-shirt. So um, the, so the time. Let me start with. I wanted to start with this statistic. I didn't get a chance to start with it because I want us to, and I think we've had this conversation, Trevor of sounding the alarm of how it is important that we're having these conversations within the black community and how we're talking about the family structure and how we need to do something more than pointing fingers blaming but really heal forward and just take into consideration that the black population we are only 12 percent 
12% of this population. And if we don't do something to save our families, to reunite our families, to reunite our homes, we are going to different, we're going to disappear people. And I think people, and it's not, and it's like, you know, we have a lot of mixed races and stuff and everything, but there are, there are only, we're only 12%. We're 12% about 40 million out of 339 million people yeah 40 yeah 42 million the number was 13 percent but you you're close enough yeah Yeah, so we have to really have a conversation and 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 a lot of y'all don't realize texas has the most black people and i always say that's due to them not knowing they was free when they didn't know so they stayed up there um but we have to consider the fact that i think we have this misconception that because we're in Florida, South Florida, and we see a lot of people that look like us and therefore, um, but we're actually um, the second major minority. The first major minority is Hispanics and they're coming in at, what is it? Uh, They were like 21% now. Right. They're higher than us. So we got to get it together. We have to save our families. I think, also, ahead, I would Kevin. say this is a, re- a reflection to me as well, to me personally, of the broader social issues that we are talking about. If you don't begin to get to this root of these pain points in our lives, it just exacerbates the broader social issues that have t- been talked about on the show, the absence of Black fathers and the challenges of being a single parent and all of it. Yeah, they're just pinning us against each other and just watching and just sitting back while the Black family falls apart because mm-hmm. I don't have to do it externally anymore. I'm going to literally do it from the inside. Um, I heard- so let's not, let's not let's not lose sight of the fact and look at these stats. The numbers are depleting. I heard a guy from the Proud Boys. Uh, see, man, I'm y'all always do this. You start coming in when we're about to close down. But I heard please make sure and go back and listen to the show. But I heard a guy from the Proud Boys one time say, um, we'll sell you the we'll sell you the bullets and then we'll sell you the band-aids. So they 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 legit are putting us against one another and then they're healing us up just so we could do it back again. Um, what I what I you guys got into a, a conversation last night, and I did want to um I did want to bring it up though. So let me let me get the let me get the question because it and I think it'll be a good it'll be a good point because a lot of people when they hear therapists they just throw words out that they googled. Um so and and I heard you break down some things last night that Kevin mentioned and I'm like, "Damn. Bet nobody ever heard that." So let me bring that up. Um so Kevin asked um how does the five emotional wounds influence our pattern and pathology? And you just like went off on the five wounds thing. <laughs> I did not so, go off. <laughs> so when we hear when we hear five wounds, what 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 is that? Well, I'm gonna have uh Kevin say it because what I was telling Kevin is that there are certain terms and terminology used within the therapeutic um, field that are just like buzzwords, right? You know, people coin phrases and they start utilizing them and they start circulating on social media because if it's not in the DSM and, you know, which is our diagnostic manual, it's not a real thing. I think there were four areas where trauma was one of them, abandonment. Now, within the context of everything, like when you're trying to get to a diagnosis as to why people are the way they are, you might find those phrases in there, but that's not the end of it. That's not the diagnosis. That's not what's ailing your client. Um, Those are just, you know, really nice. They're symptoms. It's it's a nice coin phrase, you know, emotional wounds um, uh, that, you know, is really popular on TikTok. But um, I think right. what was the four areas? Um, it was what rejection, abandonment, humiliation, rejection wound. right? Abandonment wounds, abandonment um, wounds, humiliation, betrayal, and injustice. Um, from what I took away, basically, these are just symptoms of the broader 
context, right? For a broader context, but for social media and they want to give you sound bites, right? Basically, because it gets you talking, right? It gets you talking because so there's this misconception, like I said, that for instance, abandonment, right? You know, and a lot of people think that this happens later on in life, and so. When we think about, you know, so Eric Erickson talks about the um, eight stages of um, development. And so the psychosocial stages of development talk about what we experience as we're moving through life. And so a lot of the abandonment issues happens from like zero to 18 months. And people think like, oh, no, my mom left me when I was three or my mama left me. No, when a child is born. They have no idea where they are, what they're doing cognitively, just have no framework, right? And so them knowing that their needs are being met, because that's the only thing they know when you're a child, knowing that if I cry, someone will pick me up. If I'm hungry, someone will feed me. If I need changing, if I'm it, it, I, that comfort that you experience in those early stages. Now, if you don't get that, as a child, you learn to self-soothe, you learn to isolate, you realize nobody's coming, you realize that nobody's there to take care of you. Like as early as a zero to 18 month, you learn that you're alone in this world. That's why when people are like, oh, don't pick up the baby, you're going to spoil the baby. No, that child that. needs that in those first 18 that. months. They don't know where they are. They don't know what's supposed to be happening. So you're not going to spoil the child because you comfort them. You you baby them. And then by the time they get to nine, 10 years old, then you're like, you know, don't baby the child. Like, because you didn't baby them when you were supposed to baby them. So you guys have to stop listening, like just quiet the noise and give the child, give your children what they want, because it is as early as zero to 18 months that a child learns that they are abandoned and that nobody cares about them and nobody's coming. If they cry, their tears will not be met with anything. Can you imagine a six month old crying and crying and crying and for that and they're for them to know nobody's coming that's where those abandonment issues start as early as that so there's just so much more to this 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 therapeutic relationship that's why like i said we started the beginning to to present day because it's all in your story something happened within this storyline that has produced the person that sit be before us and there's nothing wrong with you there's just some ailments you are hurting there's some parts of you that needs healing you're not broken you have you may have a piece of you that that needs some attention like i i hate that terminology broken because when you feel that you're broken you don't feel like that you can come back from it no there are some experiences that you've had that may have attempted to break you or have impacted how you have how you see the world but there's there's always as long as there is breath in your body there is hope to heal forward don't give up yeah, I, I hated um when when my daughter was young, she just wouldn't go to sleep on her own. And the doctor would always that knucklehead, he would he would always tell us, Oh, just let her cry herself yeah, to cry. sleep. And I'm like, and, and and I'm like, well, what if she starts like snotting and throwing, oh yeah, it'll it'll be fine, it'll be fine. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm gonna I'm gonna baby my daughter. If my daughter's crying, I'm gonna pick my daughter up to this day. My daughter's eight years old, my daughter cries. She's a little heavier now, but I'm gonna pick her up. It's like, like, and I doesn't mean, she have? Doesn't she have a sense that no matter where I'm, where I'm at in the world, daddy's my be daddy's there. coming. Yeah, my mother's that security mm. that she has, safety and security. That's that's safety why <laughs> I got to bring it back to it. But that's why my debate Saturday, like, I mean. <laughs> Hey, listen, a fa a fathers is, are, are so needed, man. It's not even it's not even funny how, how needed fathers are. But so but no, go ahead. About, Kevin talked about the fact that when we said that I think we have a lot of conversations of the impact of absent, um, the Juju. impact of absent fathers on mother on daughters. But we haven't spent enough time talking about the impact of absent fathers on sons. 
Right. Well, we'll we'll do that yeah. for another. We'll do that for another. Juju, you always come. You like always come at the end of the show. But whatever, man. Peace to you anyway. Um Oh, Juju, put it in the chat. I do need to I do need to ask you. You who who won that debate between me and me and Akasha Saturday? Just I want to I want to hear from you. So, um so um, we're about to wrap up. What what what's 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 the therapist time? Fifty minutes? Yeah, <laughs> nothing over an hour. <laughs> <laughs> us, so so we we're gonna wrap up. Um, like I said, this was the first this was the first one, the straight talk therapy sessions. And as a matter of fact, I'm gonna push this show out to the podcast. I just think it's so it was so good, even for the short amount of time. Um so kevin what i mean you obviously got to come back i mean you part of the you part of this straight talk society but um go ahead and give us some parting words and and then i'm gonna let doc close out and then i'm gonna go in and shut the show down um my parting words is i would just say is let's seek therapy start talking start engaging in that conversation start healing those wounds those hurts that we are clueless to have been impacting our lives all this time. I'm a, I'm gonna tell y'all Kevin was another one who, when I'm, you know, we do the podcast and he, and I'd be like, Hey man, I think I might be going over to YouTube. And he was like, Oh man, why he was another one. Didn't want to come over here, but now you see he, he, he done got all comfy and now he's diagnosing shit and everything. <laughs> it's, it's something about the YouTube space, Kevin. It's just something about over here, man. The live aspect is unbeatable. It, it is unbeatable. I mean, I get it. It's just, I know the cesspool it can become. Yeah. Oh yeah. But the thing about it over here, I don't allow it. So, mm. I mean, like I've said it and with, with these smaller channels, a lot of us share kind of like the same um, audience. And I said it from day one, outside of a few people like your Juju's and a couple others, I don't want the rest of them. Y'all can have them. You know, there's a, there's a couple of people that I like to come over here and things like that is fine, but I don't want the foolishness. I don't want, I don't need that over here. Like we're, we're like legit trying to, to create something over here, like to, to create a society where people could come for everything. We got football shows, we got basketball shows, we got wrestling shows, we got UFC shows, but then we have important shows like this. Cause I always see it. Black people need therapy. Obviously me as the host of the show, y'all see, I need a lot of damn therapy because <laughs> I got mommy issues. So, <laughs> and, and I'm going to call, I'm, I'm going to call her. Me and my mom talk every day, but I'm going to call her and ask her. Like, I don't, I, I don't know what the approach is going to be. I would call her live on air, but y'all no. don't want me no. to call her on air. No, let me, let me hook my phone up to the, no, I'm gonna call do not her. do that. <laughs> do not do that. I think what you can do is you can record it and then you decide what segments of it you want to play. Right. Like I think it'd be good for you to memorialize it for your own benefit. And like I said, if you want to play certain things back to intro to another topic, because I think we definitely need to talk about those relationship patterns. You know, the mom to the son, the son to the father, like those are very important because mm -hmm. your parents are your first love. Your parents are your first love. And do you do I, online sessions? I prefer face to face. I'm real um, only after I've established a relationship with my clients because, you know, prior to COVID, we weren't doing like it wasn't even approved to do therapy in virtual. Like it was like some universal order. It had to go before the board of trustees. And like it was a big to do in order to become virtual. Um, but it's something that happens when you're face to face, the reading of body language, the shifting of the room, like it the energy in the space. It doesn't happen virtually, like only after I've established a relationship, but we got to jump on Zoom once or twice. But it's not my preferred method. It's definitely not my preferred method. All right. Well, so Kevin, Kevin, you know, you always welcome over here, man. I mean, yeah, we got a spot for you. I don't mind yeah. my co-host Kevin. 
Yeah, she talking about she 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 talking about um she wants you to come over to pour your heart out. No, Kevin Kevin need to stay Kevin need to stay right over here on the straight talk sessions and be the voice of reason. So he'll be the one. So when, so when you got me, Mike and Wayne going crazy, you'll have Kevin in the background like no nah, no nah, no. Nah. Kevin's he'll a free be, agent. He'll be here to try to cool us <laughs> cool us down. But yeah, man, Kevin, I I, I appreciate your addition your addition to this conversation, man. I, I knew it was going to be great. Me and Nene were talking about it, and we were, she she's not here right now, but she was like, Damn. Well, Straight Talk Society, we're going to end that right there. Um, there was about 20 more minutes left, but you know I can't play the entire thing for time purposes, and I need you guys to come on over to the YouTube channel. Uh, if you haven't already, first of all, why haven't you? But secondly, subscribe to that youtube channel at straight talk with trevor that that place is where you get all the full entire shows you get the new show that you just listened to straight talk therapy sessions with dr mia we do have another one coming up very soon you get the straight talk sessions you get pour your heart out you get straight talk mma you get wrestling with reality and we're about to start a political show with Vancat. I mean, I, why aren't you subscribed to the channel? Um, you get everything over there. And you know you could always hit the panel during any show with the exception of the Pour Your Heart Out shows, <clears throat> unless they open it up to the panel, and Straight Talk MMA only because Zay and Bones like to concentrate on what they're doing without anyone from the outside coming on. But why I like seriously at this point, you need to just you need to just um, subscribe to the channel and hop on subscribe. Click that notification button and go and just be a member of the Straight Talk Society in totality. So, I mean, that that's going to be it. But you can find this full episode at the Straight Talk with Trevor YouTube channel under the Straight Talk Therapy Sessions tab um look for episode one with dr mia um we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and end that show right here and until next time i leave you with these words always seek out the truth for yourself because if not you'll fall victim to other people's interpretations of them until next time peace